Welcome to Covenant Church's sermon discussion. This conversation happens most Wednesdays on Facebook Live between me, Michelle Lichty, the communication director at Covenant, and the preaching pastor from the previous Sunday. If you haven't already, I recommend listening to the sermon before listening to our discussion. Good afternoon. I am Michelle Lichty, and I am here with Brentley Jordan. Hey, Michelle. Good to see everyone else as well. Yes, it's good to see you, and we are glad that you joined us, Brentley, and we're glad for all of you who are joining us, whether you're joining us live or on our recording. And um, so we're here talking about uh, the sermon from this past Sunday. Hmm. April 18th, which was my husband's birthday. Oh, nice. And it was on Philippians 3, uh, 12 through 16. Yes. Um, And I remember, well, I I remember because I have it written down. Yeah, that's good. That's a good thing to do. (laughs) Yeah. The three points of the goal, the prize, and the journey. Yes. And so I have to give you a little grief off the top. Oh yeah. All right. I'm, I'm curious. (laughs) Oh, we talked about the goal is to, you know, what is the goal? Um, the goal is to know Jesus and share in his suffering and power. Mm -hmm. Right. And the prize is the perfect peace and presence of Christ. Yes. And, um, your illustration was, um, the, well, you talked about Revelation 4 and the cherubim and seraphim in the Holy of Holies and how yeah. they are constantly, um, pra- they never stop praising Jesus. Yeah. So you were like, what is that emotion? And your illustration yeah. was the shot. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Almost sounds like, yeah, anti-religious to compare the two. But uh, yes, but there's something, something right to compare in those two. So can you... Tell us a little bit about the shot. You don't have to go through the whole explanation because hopefully people heard the sermon. And then I'm going to, I'm going to actually, while you talk about it, I'm going to show the picture. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so this was, this was back in um, when I was younger and I thought, well, my name is Brentley Jordan and Michael Jordan is this basketball player. And (laughs) so he was my favorite player because he had the same last name as me. Well, turns out he's also an awesome player. And so I followed him, and this was the shot when the Bulls just, they kept getting knocked out of the playoffs year after year after year. Then finally, this was the game. This was the shot where Michael Jordan made it over Craig Elo to win the game, to move them on in the playoffs. Um, pretty sure that's when they went on to win the finals. But that was, that was like they finally made it past that point in the playoffs that they had never made it past uh, in, in years and years. Um, so, so this was this moment of complete elation. Um, and, and that's what I just, uh, I compare, um, you know, I wonder if, if heaven is somewhat like this. When, when we come to know Christ fully, if we are completely elated, but it's, but it's an elation that lasts for all of eternity, not just the moment that, you know, that, uh, um, this joy from a basketball victory last, but, but what if that lasted all of eternity because of who Christ is, because of how incredible he is and who he is to know. Um, So that honestly, that for years, that has been um, 
the the way I think about heaven and and it actually it, it makes me long for heaven because it gives me a, a just a, a practical way to think of I can't wait to get to know the Lord that is going to call out this kind of response in me for eternity. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so yeah, so this picture brings back all sorts of great memories and I think it's a great illustration. Yeah. And as you were describing this, I was like, hmm, I don't really remember that. Yeah. Uh, but this one I do remember. There you go. That's that's and, more up to date. Right. This was yeah. from a couple of weeks ago when the uh, Gonzaga beat oh my gosh, UCLA uh -huh. to go into the final game of the March Madness, uh, the final game. And uh, and he hit the shot at the buzzer and he jumped on the table and this was his, oh, his man. beautiful celebration. <laughs> See, and those are, the, those are the today things I miss out on since my kids aren't as much into sports. I don't watch as much sports right now, but had I been watching that, boy, I would have loved that moment, but didn't watch it, just read about it. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't watch it live. I'll be uh, honest, you know, yeah. I'm an early to bed person. Yeah, that's uh, right. So there was no way on earth I was going to watch it live. But sure enough, the next morning, they were like, I was reading the headlines and it was like, his, you know, Suggs and shot won the game at the buzzer. And I'm like, I have to watch the highlight reel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's was, true. I was like, oh man, I wish it wasn't a West Coast game. Maybe yeah. I could have watched it live. That would have been amazing. Yeah. March Madness is my favorite time of year. One of my favorite times of year. <laughs> Ah, there you go. <laughs> One of yeah. my favorite times of the year. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, you know, witnessing that kind of um, elation mm -hmm. does, yeah, it just, it does make you think, what will it be like in heaven? Oh, yeah. And that's what I, you know, I want, uh, you know, growing up, um, I didn't have a real image of heaven that that made it sound attractive at all. I mean, I heard it was everything is perfect for eternity, um, but uh, but to be able to 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 attach heaven is not just a perfect place, but I, I I need to attach my longing for heaven to a person, and if I can attach my uh, you know my desire for heaven if it's attached to a person, and that is Christ and knowing Christ, then. As I get to know Christ more and more, then I, I genuinely want to know him fully. And heaven is when that happens. So, so I, I, can, I can grow a genuine longing for heaven as I, as I grow in my relationship with the Lord. Um, you know, so I, yeah, well, so, so it even helps as I describe heaven to my children. Um, you know, we, we don't describe it, you know, Hey kids, it's a place that's like it's a city made of gold. Um, who cares? Um, but but to describe to them, it you know it is it is all the best things you can possibly imagine, um, and and the most perfect relationships you can possibly imagine, and it's far better than that. Um, so try to capture whatever is the the most incredible thing that we can imagine. Um, knowing God is knowing Christ for eternity in His fullness. It's it's far better than that even. Um, mm. And all of that, I mean, I just, I, I want for followers of Jesus to long for heaven um, as opposed to we live, we have so many modern conveniences and mm. life in America is so comfortable for so many of us mm -hmm. that the truth is 
I can measure what's going on in my life right now. And I can say, you know what? I'd rather not die and go to heaven yet because what I have right, right here is honestly a little more attractive than my vision of heaven. And, and if that's the case, then holy mackerel, do we have a teeny weeny perspective of what heaven really is if what we have on earth looks, you know, a little better than that. Um, yeah. So, so some of that, the desire in the message, and, you know, and I think what Paul brings out in this passage is, you know, to try to enlarge our view of what it will be like to know Christ fully mm -hmm. when we meet him face to face. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And there is a, um, yeah, and that is a wonderful goal and a, an amazing prize. Yeah, yeah. But we are not there yet. We are on a journey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that was, you know, the, uh, I love, I did love how, um, you know, I enjoy sports so much, especially I enjoy basketball. So, you know, when a text affords me the opportunity to use as many sports metaphors as I can, <laughs> I, man, I, I'm diving into that. Um, but the, you know, the metaphor about the one person on your team shooting a free throw and the whole team either um, uh, reaps the benefit of him making it or, or misses out or, you know, reaps the, the consequences of him missing it. Uh, mm -hmm. That really is, I, I feel like that's so applicable to the Christian life where I, I want to realize that my sin and failure, it, it hurts the cause of Christ. Yeah. And, and, you know, to the opposite, when I'm, when I'm doing something, uh, a loving act for a Christian or a non-Christian, that helps the cause of Christ. And, mm -hmm. and I want to, I want to up the, um, the importance of, of my actions that other people are seeing or, or what I'm writing in social media and the way I'm treating others, because it just, it just matters to the cause of Christ a lot. Mm -hmm. It does matter. And, and so it does matter. Mm -hmm. And we have to remember that Christ, that God is not thwarted by our failures. Yeah. Yeah. Because it can be, it, I, I know it earlier in my, earlier in my marriage, I found myself becoming resentful because of my husband's unwillingness to do whatever. Like he mm -hmm. hates to do the dishes. He hates to clean the bathroom. Like I would just mm -hmm. get resentful. Like, why do I always have to do it? And, um, you know, and then there were other things that were bigger and much more personal that kind of felt like, do you really love me? Because you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. And the reality is, is that I was putting my trust in my husband and not yeah. in God. And so mm -hmm. we need to remember, like, as we look around our covenant family, we're not yeah. putting trust in Brentley Jordan mm -hmm. or David Henderson or Rob Iman or Michelle Lichtdeep. Mm -hmm. And thank God we don't, right? Oh, yeah. You yeah. Know, we have to look past our, our flawed co-teammates, to use yeah. to go back to your metaphor, yeah. sports metaphor. We have to look past our flawed teammates who mm -hmm. are missing the three free throws and causing us pain and more work and a messiness that we have to work towards cleaning up um, and look to God that he has a yeah. purpose in the mess. He has a purpose in the hard work. He has a purpose in the extra laps we have to run. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's to Paul's point of forgetting what lies behind. You know, mm -hmm. when you miss a free throw 
and it hurts the cause of Christ for the whole team. Um, let's not dwell on that and, and beat you up because of that, but we all need to look forward and, and we all need to help the cause of Christ. Um, mm -hmm. and, and one of the cool things is, you know, this is just baffling how the Lord works, where he is, he is honored by my obedience, um, but he is also honored by my repentance. So while, mm -hmm. while sin and failure is a terrible thing, um, the act of repentance uh, does beautiful things for the cause of Christ. Um, so, you know, so yes, the failure was bad, but my act of repentance, that's bringing Christ glory. And, and I want others to see my act of repentance because that's, that's good for the cause of Christ. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So it doesn't have to stay at the failure. The repentance in and of itself brings glory to God. Oh, yeah. And, and because it's so different, well, our motivation for repentance, right? Yeah. Um, brings glory to God. And it's, it's also so different from the world that also stands out. Yeah. Right. How they deal with, with, um, you know, with our failures and, um, and hard times. Um, one of the things you talked about is, um, the strain to stay on the path. Oh yeah. Yeah. I wanted to just say a, a little bit about, you know, I real I, I say this carefully because I realize I am a creature of habit, like to ridiculous, even embarrassing extents. I, I love habits. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so I, I know that, I know that's the groove I'm going to fall into, but, but I do believe that, um, if we put some specific, if we are disciplined to put specific habits in place in life that are habits that help move us along in our spiritual walk, um, that's that's just really key. Um, you know, so though if I if I have a habit of um, you know going on a prayer walk every morning or reading a certain uh, having a certain part of my morning be dedicated to uh, listening to God through His Word, um, it's not that. It's not that it's magical and that every time I do that thing, I'm going to just hear amazing things from the Lord. But, but if, I have a hab if I have a habit of doing that every day, then over the course of time, the Lord's gonna, going to use that to bring me closer to him. And, mm -hmm. and there's so many examples, you know, whether it's individual daily things or more um, community weekly things or monthly things. Um, but so my encouragement in that is just um, develop some habits that you're developing for the specific purpose of moving your your relationship with the Lord deeper. Mm -hmm. And and you don't have to start with five habits. Yes. Start with one. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Start with yeah. one habit, and you yeah. can you know and and God. <laughs> That's the great thing, right? About the fact that we have a relationship with a personal God is that yeah. we can ask him, what is the habit you want me or the rhythm that you want me to be in or to help to develop? Like, so what is that that you want me to develop? Number one. Yeah. And number two, Holy Spirit, give me the power to develop that. Yeah. Yeah. We're not good. on our own, even in our habits or yeah. our rhythms that we're trying to create. Yeah, for it is God who works in us to will and to act according to his good purpose. Exactly. So, Michelle, there was one other thing that I wanted to get to just a little bit, and yes. I didn't get to this in the sermon, um, 
and that's okay. I, I trust the Lord in that. But uh, it, it's just in the last verses where um, Paul says, uh, all of us who are mature should take such a view of things. And if at some point you think differently, and this, this was so uh, helpful to me as I studied that through some commentaries, um, when he says, at, if at some point, I mean, he, he's talking about if at some secondary point, so primarily we pursue Christ, pursue, pursue knowing Christ. But if at some secondary point you think differently, Paul kind of lifts his hands up and says, I'm going to trust the Lord with that. Mm. So, so I've been thinking about that in, return, in terms of you know, some of the difficult conversations in politics and in social life that we're having these days. And, and I think about, you know, I can imagine um, the take up the issue of immigration. And I can imagine a Christian saying, we need to fight hard for... Um, for very strict border uh, regulations, because we want to protect life. We need to protect the lives of people, so we need to have strong borders. And I can see a Christian really pushing for that. Um, and then I can also see a Christian saying, you know what? We need to have not as strict borders because we want to be welcoming. We want to show the hospitality of Christ. And 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 I and but but those have two completely opposing political positions. So I, I apply Paul's advice here and I, and I say, okay, um, I would want to look at both of those people and say, um, Christian, if you are pursuing knowing Christ and on your pursuit, you're convinced we need strict borders, then you keep fighting for that. And Christian, if you are pursuing Christ and in that pursuit, you're convinced we need um, more lenient borders, then you keep fighting for that. Because what's important to me is that you're pursuing Christ and, and I'm going to trust him He's going to work out that what happens with our borders, even while you two are completely at odds with each other on that secondary point. Um, I'm going to trust God to work that out. And I'm actually going to encourage both of you to keep doing what you're doing as long as it's primarily knowing Christ, even though those your, your trajectories are actually at opposition to each other. And mm -hmm. so I, I've just I've been so encouraged by this part of that passage that I feel like has just shed some light on some of the complexity of our political stage where, um, where I wanna support certain uh, Republicans with certain missions and certain Democrats with certain missions um, if, if those individuals are primarily pursuing Christ, then I'm gonna say, Lord, I, I, I trust you to work it out when some of their secondary things while being big things are completely at odds with each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's just, it's so, it's such a hard thing. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, one of the things that I'm always asking myself is, is this a primary, is this an essential? Mm -hmm. Is this an essential? Yeah. Right. I just remember years and years and years ago when we lived in Florida. So this was very much, very, very long ago. Um, I was sitting in a Bible study uh, with a girlfriend of mine and she was explaining, she was taught, we were just chatting and she was like, yeah, we have to leave our church. And I was like, oh, you do? Why? Mm -hmm. She said, well, because they believe in, um, in post-millennialism, which is uh -huh. that Jesus is going to return Oh, no, post, post tribulation. Jesus mm -hmm. is going to return after seven years tribulation. 
Uh-huh. And we believe in pre-tribulation rapture, mm-hmm. which is that Jesus is going to come and then, and the Christians are going to leave the earth. And then um, there'll be seven years of tribulation on the earth. So this is all talking about the end times. Uh-huh. And I thought, is this an essential? Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I like, obviously she was, they, she and her husband were very convinced that this was an essential. And I just thought, I, I, I don't think that is an essential. Now, if you're talking about, is Jesus the son of God or is Jesus mm-hmm. fully man? And they say, yeah. oh no, he is only God. You can only be divine. He can only be human. You can't be both. Yeah. And I'd be like, mm, that's an essential. I think yeah. I have to leave this church. So it's, so it's just parsing out. What are those essentials? Yeah. Both in the church and in our culture, like you said, yeah. immigration and yeah. so many issues. Well, and the troubling thing is we, in our culture, like the stakes are high. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the, how we figure out our, our border regulations, that's really important. And I mean, people, you know, that is costing, that is impacting lives in a big way. You know, how we walk through um, figuring out abortion uh, legislation, um, that's, that's a big deal. Like, so the stakes are high on these things, mm-hmm. um, yet, uh, yet there's, there's some extent to which sometimes on some of these issues we can say, you know what, um, I am so convinced that I am so right on this issue that uh, um, I, you know, we just don't have the nuance that first I need to pursue Christ and it's possible that I don't have the perfect, um, the perfect understanding of this issue. And it's possible that someone else pursuing Christ is going to come at this issue in a different way. And what am I going to do with that? Um, Mm -hmm. It's, it really is complex. Yeah. And I think, yeah, and like you said, and that's where we have to focus on pursuing Christ. Yes. And, and pursuing Christ likeness. Yeah. Right? Because did Christ, uh, you know, he never, he, he didn't condemn people who came to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. those he did condemn, he, it was because they were preventing people from coming to him. Mm-hmm. And it gets this difficult thing, you know, if someone disagrees with my political views, am I more interested in helping them love, love Christ more deeply? Or am I more interested in getting them to change their view? And the reality is, our default is, we're more interested in getting them to change their view. Um, But I think if we were more interested in getting them to fall more deeply in love with Christ, then then I'm going to, I'm going to trust the Lord on what he's going to do with their wrong view. Um, mm. Perhaps I should trust him with that rather than taking that into my control. Um, and, and I should spend my energy helping that person get to know Jesus deeper. Mm. Yeah. And that just reminds me of, of something I keep saying. <laughs> we all have the same Holy Spirit. Yeah. Right, the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit is at work yeah. in every believer, every believer and follower of Christ, and and we can pursue God with integrity, and we can trust that the Holy Spirit is what the verse that you quoted. I can't think of it right off the top of my head to work and to do. Oh yeah, for it is God who works in us to will and to act according to His good purpose. And that's from earlier in Philippians. Yeah, yeah. Philippians one, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's so encouraging. 
it's encouraging to think that God's got this. Yeah. God's yeah. And there's this. still, and there's work he's called us to do. So, you know, uh, training for training for a basketball team or something or whatever it is. I mean, you are sweating, you are working hard. Um, so yes, God's got this. I, I am trusting him with it. And I am sweating and expending myself every day uh, for the cause of Christ. And God's got this. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's this, it's this interesting blend between those two things working mm -hmm. together. Yeah. I think it was Bill Bright who said, uh, it, you know, in, in, in context of sharing Christ, of sharing the gospel, mm -hmm. you share the gospel and the power of the Holy Spirit and leave the results to, yeah. to him, to God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's like, yeah, we're sharing the gospel. We're sharing the gospel We're you, you know, we're relying on the power of the Holy spirit and trusting God with the results. Yeah. And that's tr whether, whether we're sharing the gospel or whether we're pursuing Christ or whether we're pursuing loving our neighbors, we are pursuing relationship, yeah. which is work mm -hmm. with outside the body of Christ, inside the body of Christ. And leaving the results to God. Yeah. And, you know, and that's how it should be in any political activism for a Christian mm -hmm. as well, or, or community involvement for a Christian. Um, you're going to, you're going to be, you're going to be an activist or involved in this certain thing, and you're going to do it as, in, a, in as Christ-like way as you can. And, and in the end, you're saying, God, this is, this is yours to, um, to grow at this or to do something with this. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good place to end. Yeah. Well, thanks for the conversation, yeah. Michelle. Thank you for your time, Brentley. I appreciate yeah. it. And uh, thank you for joining us. We're glad yeah. that you're here. And uh, next week, I will be having a conversation with Rob Iman, who is preaching this Sunday. So and don't forget tonight at, well, uh, if you're watching this on Wednesday, April 21st, tonight, um, at the church, we have the conversations about church and culture. And tonight's topic is, I just created a graphic for it. It's how, church, how the church interacts with culture. Yes. So yeah. the title is, how can I love you when I don't like what you do? Uh, nice. Oh my goodness. That sounds like a great follow-up to our conversation today. <laughs> yes. Good. So you can join us, uh, in the sanctuary tonight or um, request a video um, just by contacting the church office. So thank you, Brentley. Yes. Thanks. We'll see, see you, you later. All.